we build a future of freedom and love for the Chinese people outside of communist oppression? Let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, Joining you live from our BNC studios here in lovely eastern Indiana. Folks, the recession is right around the corner. And if you have not revamped your sales and marketing strategies, well, guess what? Your competitors have, and they're going to leave you in the dust. Let's not let that happen. If you want your help from yours truly, email me, brian at briannicholsconsulting.com. All right, folks, let's talk about, yes, a an approach to bringing some freedom to and oppressed people in China, specifically one oppressed by communism. We've talked about this many a time here on the show. Actually, we talked about this more recently with our, our uh, guest from the uh, Jason Long, uh, uh, Longstaff, excuse me, from the uh, Eternal Spring documentary talking about the struggle of the, the Falun Gong. Well, today joining us from the new federal state of China, Nicole Tsai. Welcome here to the Brian Nichols Show. Well, thank you so much for having me, Brian. I'm so glad to be here and happy Saturday from New York City and um, very glad to be here. Very glad to have you on the show, Nicole, because obviously what you guys are doing over at the new federal state of China is super important, especially when we're talking about standing up against the tyranny that is represented best by communism. So do us a favor, introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience and what your mission is over at the new federal state of China. Absolutely. So I am a member of the more than 600 million followers of the new federal state of China, which was founded by Mr. Mao's Guo, CCP enemy number one. So uh, it was a, a massive global movement founded by Mr. Mao's Guo back in 2017. He was a very successful business entrepreneur. And he knew how the CCP has been enslaving and persecuting the Chinese people of all faith group, not just the Falun Gong practitioners, but also the uh, Christians, Catholics, Tibetans, and Uyghurs, almost everyone being in China are being persecuted by the CCP. And a lot of people, you know, they're confused with what the CCP is versus the Chinese people. And so let me clarify this for everyone, especially Mm -hmm. people who are new to this show. The CCP is a illegal government. Nobody voted them into power. It usurped the power of a a legal government called ROC, Republic of China, and forced that government retreat to Taiwan. And so CCP is a illegal dictatorship. And so uh, it hijacked the China. And, um, you know, uh, back in 1949 uh, and, and kidnapped the 1.4 billion Chinese people. And so ever since then, um, the CCP has murdered more than 100 million Chinese people's lives, regardless of your age, ethnicity, I mean, during the non-war period, meaning that in the peaceful time without foreign war, the, the CCP murdered more than 100 million Chinese people to what? To political persecution, mm. religious persecution, and political disturbance, and you know, including the Tiananmen massacre back in 2089. 
So, um, so this is a when that's the defining moment of Mr. Mao's school, CCP enemy number one. He gave his only uh, valuable asset, which is a motorcycle. He sold his only valuable asset for 3,000 Chinese uh, money and donated to the student-led pro-democracy movement in, in 1989. And because of that, he uh, was imprisoned uh, in CCP's gulag for 22 months. He, he's been tortured physically and mentally, and he witnessed so many Chinese patriots being executed um, in, in the gulag. And he also lost his younger brother uh, right before his eyes. I mean, his brother was shot to death, collapsed before his eyes by the CCP policeman. So this is the defining moment of Mr. Mao's school. He wanted, you know, from that moment, he made up his mind. He wanted to take down the Chinese Communist Party and free the 1.4 billion Chinese people from the uh, suppression and dictatorship. And so... In 2017, he came to New York City and he started the, the Chinese whistleblower movement. So basically, he was sitting in his New York residence. He started blowing whistles against all the high-level corruptions of Wang Qishan and Xi Jinping and all the CCP kleptocrats. You know, we know the CCP kleptocrats, they're probably, you know, made up of what less than one point of 1% of the Chinese population. Mm -hmm. I mean, most of the Chinese people, they're not represented by the CCP. They're the victims of the CCP. And then, so back in 2017, Mr. Mao's school became the most persecuted Chinese dissident on the U.S. soil. Wow. Why? How's that so? Because it doesn't surprise people if he was persecuted in China or he was canceled out by the, all the C CCP state-owned media. But why the America's mainstream media right, and right. America's special interest, interest group want to destroy this man and want to silence this man because, Mr. Mao says, our key battleground of fighting the CCP is not in China, is here in the United States of America because it's the Wall Street who has been financing the CCP's global expansion, and it's the Silicon Valley's surrendered technology that has empowered the CCP's 5G network and the global surveillance program, and it's the Citibank, America's biggest bank in, Washington, in, 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 uh, in Wall Street, that has been financing the CCP's one-road, one-belt system. So imagine it's America's special interest group that has not only enabled, empowered, but also enriched the CCP. And so this is why we met the biggest obstacle here, right here in New York City, in Washington, D.C., because there are so many politicians and lobbyists and law firms have been bought out by the CCP. It's, uh, it's heartbreaking to hear. Because you think America, the home of the free, right? And and with that, you would assume, one I would hope would assume, that that would include standing against the oppression that is represented best by the CCP. And yet, Nicole, to your point, it's actually the opposite. We're seeing a lot of not just American corporations, but American elected officials and, and bureau bureaucracies supporting and in many cases enabling the mission of the CCP. I guess my one question as host is... Why? And now, a word from our sponsors. E-A-B-L-E-S. 
Ebels. Remember that name because if you suffer from chronic joint and muscle pain like me, then Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil is your answer to your prayers. Ebels is truly a game changer in the natural alternatives to big pharma drugs. And yours truly can indeed vouch for the quality of Ebels. Having a herniated disc in my back, coupled with years of sports injuries, I was struggling to find something, anything to help manage my pain. That is until Ebels. And right now, Ebels is offering a special discount to all members of the Brian Nichols show audience on all orders all you have to do is head to ebels.com and use promo code tbns that's it discount applied again the code is tbns at checkout to start managing your pain today with the highest quality cbd on the market one more time that is code tbns at checkout well it's money just ask the former u.s president uh, george w bush or clinton why they want the CCP to become part of the WTO and why the U.S. does not hold the CCP accountable for violating all the international rules and why the U.S. does not sanction the CCP kleptocrats for the, all the human rights atrocity, not only in the Uyghurs concentration camp and, uh, you know, forced organ harvesting against the prisoners of conscience, and why corporate America like Nike are profiting from the slave labor and forced labor in the concentration camps. So those are the great, great questions that I want each and every of your listeners and viewers to ask your congressmen, ask your senators about what is America's policy against the CCP? Are we empowering the CCP or are we stopping the CCP? So your goal is to create a new free China. And it's not so much maybe a new China, but rather a reversion back to the original governing body of China. My question to you, Nicole, is What's the best way to go about that without causing massive bloodshed, both in terms of Chinese lives, but also I would envision this turn into almost a World War III type of scenario, putting millions of people's lives at risk. So what's the what's the play? How do we approach this without leading to the worst case scenarios? Well, that's a great question. A lot, a lot of people have asked me similar question because nobody want another wall. There's, there are already too many wars and the walls keep, kill people. Mm-hmm. So let's remember the CCP has already launched a war against the United States of America for many years. It's called the unrestricted warfare and it doesn't require military confrontation. It's not a kinetic wall. It's called economical and restricted warfare, and it's called the legal uh, uh, lawfare, and it's called uh, economic and infiltration. So we're already in the war with the the communist China. It's just a lot of people are not aware and not waking up to that war. So how to stop it? It's very easy. America has already got the tools and the measurement. I mean, you can just place sanctions against just less than a few hundred CCP kleptocrats who have placed a massive amount of their personal asset and wealth in the United States of America. And Wall Street needs to just to, to decouple from the CCP and stop financing mm-hmm. the CCP. I mean, it does not shed anybody's blood. All you have to do is to cut off that um, um, support, life, life support for the CCP and also for the U.S. government, for the U.S. Congress, label the CCP as a transnational um, criminal group or evil empire. Not, It's not a competitor. CCP is a deadly threat to the United States of America. 
He's not a competitor. He's not a foreign adversary. They want to bring down this country. They want to kill American people. The CCP virus has already killed more than 1 million American people's life. And remember, Mr. Mao tipped off the FBI back in 2017 about the CCP, uh, you know, is going to release a deadly virus later known as the COVID-19 and FBI did nothing. I mean, this country justice system and DOJ, FBI, and federal government agencies like SEC had already been infiltrated by the CCP. So how to fight back? Just dig out, expose the sellout, hold them accountable, and place sanctions against a handful of the CCP kleptocrats, freeze their personal assets, and bring them to court, and free the Chinese people. That's It's very easy to do so. But why they haven't done that? Because there are so many special interest groups in this country. Their personal wealth and their career success is wholly dependent on keeping the CCP in power. Mm. And that's the most scary thing of all. You know, American people should be terrified. But it's a very, very tragic, sad reality that everybody needs to be aware of. I want to go back to something you you raised up earlier. You called it the CCP virus. That obviously, folks, is referring to COVID that we've all experienced here over the past three years. And with that, there was, and now it all kind of fits the puzzle together, right? There was this this massive backlash towards anyone who dare raise up the origins of the COVID virus. And if you were to say it came from China, well, my goodness, you're you're right next to the, you know the worst racist ever in history for even implying such a thing. And now it all kind of makes sense because to your point, if the CCP has in fact infiltrated all these American bureaucratic organizations and levels of government, well, then all of a sudden the narrative that was coming from our government, uh, government officials really makes sense. Could you elaborate a little bit more, though, about the fact that 2017, this was on the radar of our, our special interests here in America, yet was completely ignored? Yeah, so Mr. Mao's school, CCP enemy number one, when he first came to the United States of America, mm-hmm. he gave a lot of exclusive intel to the federal government agencies, including the 13579 plan, one stands for one bioweapon, and three stands for three years uh, in development of a deadly virus that is going to be released to the entire world to take down the public health and economy, which also later known as COVID-19. And the five stands for this uh, virus will be uh, effective for five years. And then seven stands for seven countries, including Five uh, I partnership plus India and Japan, and nine stands for nine months. They will uh, the CCP will help develop a vaccine mandate or, or you know COVID vaccine to further deteriorate the public health. And so this was exclusive intel given to the U.S. federal government agencies in 2017. And now after six years after we have lost over 1 million American people's lives and after the uh, the 118th Congress has uh, launched the many congressional hearings and investigations to confirm that Mr. Mao's goal was absolutely correct about the CCP virus. And so these are the things that, you know, America has really paid very dear and high price to ignoring Mr. Mao's goal's warning and to allow the CCP to infiltrate in this country. And also, let's also not forget who funded 
uh, the technology uh, of the development of the COVID-19, it's NIH, mm. it's Fauci. I mean, the CCP does not have no, the technology or the know-how to develop such a deadly virus. It's the American taxpayer's dollar. It's American, you know, research institutions contribution to the CCP's development of a deadly virus that has killed more than 1 million American people's life. I mean, that number is greater than all the American casualties in World War One, World War Two, Civil War, Pearl Harbor combined. And is it fair to say, and I just want to make sure I'm not mis- misinterpreting you, but that your argument today is that the CCP, not only with the help of the NIH, basically created COVID as we know it, but this was a targeted attack, not just on America, but on the world by the CCP? Absolutely. So this is a wow. uh, lab-made, it's a manufactured humanitarian crisis deliberately released to the entire world with a key target of America. And remember President Trump, when he was in the uh, White House, he issued a travel ban. And thankfully, that travel ban saved millions and millions of American people's lives. And guess where did he got the information? From Peter Navarro and from Mao Guo, because Mao Guo gave that intel. And I'm so glad that Peter Navarro and uh, the Trump administration took action upon that life-saving uh, intel and issued the travel ban and saved millions and millions of American people's life. And so when we're saying that, you know, that this virus is, is, is not China virus, it's not the Chinese virus, it's called the CCP virus. And we want people to make a clear distinction between the Chinese Communist Party uh, yeah, and from China or the Chinese people, mm-hmm. because, you know, taking down the CCP is, is, is not being racist against the Chinese people because this, the Chinese people, in, including the Chinese American people living in the United States of America, are the biggest victim of the CCP. Talk to us about TikTok. We hear many times here in America that TikTok is nothing more than an extension of the CCP. And you look at the Chinese version of TikTok versus the American version of TikTok. One could say, yeah, that obviously makes sense that there is something here that they're trying to manipulate, not just the information that our, our, you know, our populace is consuming, but in the manner that it's delivered. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, when Trump was in the White House, he issued an executive order banning uh, TikTok from operating on the U.S. soil. But, you know, like years have passed. Why TikTok has continued to be doing business as usual. And now we have more than 100 million young American people are using TikTok and sometimes including people in the military and CCP, CCP you know, are using this TikTok to obtain U.S. consumers' privacy and data and to harm American people. And we just heard from the news just broke out days ago that an employee who worked for the ByteDance, which is TikTok's parent company, he he blowed the whistles against the ByteDance, you know, saying that the CCP has full access uh, to the data. And also in each and every American company doing business in China, the CCP has a internal organization, uh, something in Chinese called the Dang Zhibu. You know, it's like the CCP party affiliation being installed in each private company, including American companies. And their job is to spy 
on the employees and uh, obtain illegal access to the data. I mean, things are coming out. So the, the very the very important question we should be asking to the lawmakers and policymakers is who allowed TikTok to do business as usual, knowing that it's the CCP's surveillance program because the TikTok and ByteDance has hired many prominent lobbyists in Washington, D.C. to do its dirty bidding to influence the Congress and to uh, influence the uh, administration. And we know 31 former U.S. congressmen and senators, and including two former U.S. senators, were part of that uh, influence paddling campaign. Wow. Because, yeah, so, you know, Daily Caller and a number of news report has has disclosed who are involved. They name the names. So, you know, it, I'm not making things up and I'm not spreading conspiracy theory. These are being verified and you should place a phone call to double check. I mean, it's really the American proxies helping the CCP to stay in this country, to further infiltrate in this country. What's the line, I guess, because there is a fine line between our American First Amendment rights and what we're talking about here with TikTok. How do we juggle both the freedom of speech with quite obviously a company that's basically an arm of the CCP from a propaganda standpoint? Well, let's use the example of Twitter. Mm -hmm. You know, Mr. Mao School, a CCP enemy number one, when he first started blowing whistles against the CCP in 2017, he's among the first one to be permanently banned by Twitter. I mean, he he was n not, you know, spreading any uh, of his personal opinion against uh, American political parties. He was just uh, blowing whistles against the CCP. And Twitter banned him permanently. And all of our Chinese whistleblower movement members, we have been suppressed by Twitter. And Twitter also installed a CCP agent in its board. And that her, her name is Lee, uh, Fei Fei Li. She's a Stanford University. And she's specialized in AI technology. I mean, and also in one of the congressional hearings last year, I mean, you know, we, we heard from that congressional hearing that they were CCP spies on Twitter's payroll. <laughs> so Twitter is not American company. It's a CCP propaganda tool. They took orders from, from Xi Jinping and started cracking down on the Chinese dissidents and including the critical voice against the CCP, and mostly these are the conservative people in this country. What would you say is the biggest challenge that you're currently facing when standing against the CCP? Well, I think our biggest challenge is that um, this country is not doing enough work, and I'm talking about con congressional work. The Congress has not been, you know, coming after America's inside threats, because these people are doing the dirty bidding for the CCP inside the DOJ, inside the justice system, inside the Capitol Hill, and inside Washington, D.C. And the, these people can do far more greater harm to this country's national security than uh, a Chinatown uh, secret police station 
or people in communist China, because these people have access to the White House, to the power, to the influence, and they can influence policy making, and they they can uh, compromise politicians. So it's really the inside threats that has also become our biggest challenge to fight the CCP. I mean, we want to take down the CCP, but the Americans sell out and proxies are standing in the way. So as we go towards the end of the episode, the audience knows we like to do final thoughts. And I guess I'll kick things off with my final thoughts. And that is, I think from what we heard today, Nicole, and you're, you're painting a very nice picture here for the audience to, to follow through. It's not so much a matter of trying to weaponize our military against China and the, the CCP to actually go towards another war, but to rather stop the enablement of the CCP, both from our politicians, from our bureaucracies, but also from the financial sector, whether it's our American corporations who are enabling the CCP, whether it's Wall Street or, as you mentioned, Silicon Valley, who are bought and paid for by the CCP. And it's on us as consumers to actually stand up and ask for them to be held to account. And if we're not doing that part as consumers, then we are nothing more than enabling the the process. So I think it's very important for us to to take what we learned today from this episode and and actually do something about it. So that's my my final thoughts for the uh, the episode today. Nicole, what do you have for us on your end? And thank you. Your final thoughts summarize mine. And I also want to take this opportunity to let all of your viewers and listeners know that Mr. Mao School, CCP enemy number one, and the guy who has provided so much life-saving, exclusive intel to the U.S. federal government agencies are currently being detained in the Metropolitan Detention Complex in Brooklyn without bail. And uh, so at the same time, all the real criminals, the murderers, the rapers, and uh, the people who really committed billions of dollars of fraud, like the founder of, of FTX and even the CCP uh, New York secret police stations uh, operatives, these people were out. Hmm. I mean, I want everybody to think about this. CCP enemy number one, America's greatest asset to fight the CCP are being kept in jail without bail. And the real criminals and the, the politicians and lawmakers who have been bought out and owned by the CCP, they're walking free. They're, they're enjoying the freedom. This doesn't sound right. And this is very alarming to all the American people. That's my fa- final thought. And you can follow us on NFSC Speak on Twitter and NFSC Speaks on Getter. Also visit our website, nfscofficial.com to learn more about explosive, exclusive intel that the mainstream media and your federal government agencies does not want you to know. Nicole, this has been a very enlightening conversation, which to the uh, the approach we take here at The Brian Nichols Show, we like to leave folks educated, enlightened, and informed. And I think we checked all three of those boxes today. So thank you for that. And with that being said, folks, if you got some value from today's episode, well, this is one of those episodes I will scream from the rooftops. Please go share. And also, please, if you found yourself frustrated, upset, angry, whatever the emotion you're taking away from this episode, 
Don't just hit the end of this episode and go to the next podcast. Please move forward and do something, whether it's changing your buying behaviors, your consuming behaviors, or reaching out to your local elected officials and asking them to do something. And again, we're not saying just to do anything. We're asking them to stand up and stop the enablement of the CCP. And that can be done without military force, without bloodshed, but rather just by us changing the behavior that we're engaging in right now. So thank you, Nicole, for joining us. And folks, by the way, if you are joining us here on the YouTube version of the show, which I know a majority of you actually do when you're consuming the video content, well, please stick around because I mentioned it earlier. I got the gentleman's name wrong who was the director. It's Jason Loftus, who was the director of Eternal Spring, uh, which we dig into detail about the persecution of the Falun Gong. That episode will be popping up right about here, so please continue your viewing pleasure here. But otherwise, if you are joining us on the podcast version of the show, well, yes, we do have the video versions of the show over on YouTube, on Rumble, plus you have the entire episode, plus my uh, my thoughts afterwards over on Sovereign as a Sovereign exclusive. And if you want to support the mission of The Brian Nichols Show, head over to our Patreon, $1.99 a month, or you can do a one-time donation at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. With that being said, Nicole Sai, thank you for joining us. And with that being said, folks, thank you for joining us on another episode of The Brian Nichols Show. We'll see you later. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.